um, just to let people know that are online that probably a little over halfway through this we're going to cut you off because we're going to part we're going to speak about a part of um, some of our work that's going on that we we can't let it go out on the airwaves so um, so we're sorry about that because we know some of you couldn't be here tonight um, but we'll take you as far as we can to do that well let me pray and then let's let's see what God was doing around the world here Father thank you for uh, just a chance to sing together Lord um, I'm so grateful uh, to be home Gene and I uh, safely uh, and to be with our church family thank you for giving us all a family uh, a Christian family a church family that we can call our own and be brothers and sisters in and live in unity and uh, have great goals of glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ and singing praises to you and hearing the word preached. Lord, what a blessing. So many around the world, so many dear brothers and sisters would long to have this, Lord. May we cherish and protect this beautiful gift that you've given us called the church here at Riverbend. We do thank you, Lord, that you promised to do missions, you promised to save, you promised to put all peoples, all tongues and tribes around your throne, all praising you together, Lord, and we see you at work doing that. And Lord, it gives us confidence to go and preach and teach and share and train and do the things we do and even give, Lord, because we know that you promised to save. So tonight, Lord, we pray that you would encourage this church through missions and that they see what they were greatly a part of. And this would encourage them to know you better, to pursue you better, to lay aside things that easily stumble us or trip us up or entrap us so that we would walk with the Lord in a greater way to bring you more glory, Lord. We do thank you for our missionaries around the world. We ask that you bless them, protect them, provide for them, and grow the church, Lord. Draw people to you through their wonderful gospel message they preach. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's, let's talk about missions just for a moment. Um, one of, the, one of the great blessings is looking at the end of the book of Revelations chapter 5. And there in Revelation 5 and 7, we find that great passage, verse 9, in each of those passages. that tells us that around the throne will be every people from every tribe, tongue, nations, and so forth. And that's a promise to God. You, we know that this is a prophetic book. And John has given this great vision of what's going to happen. Remember, John's really struggling. He's probably still on the island of Patmos. He has not, he's been locked away from the church and God gives him this glorious promise that he's going to save people people that he doesn't even know about and we hold on to that as the church it's one of the reasons we do missions it isn't just because we don't want people to go to hell which is true but we do missions because God promised he's going to save and we have great confidence in that and I hope you are are encouraged and more confident in that well where do we first see missions in the Bible let's think about that for a moment what verse, somebody yell out a verse that maybe you would think that we'd first see missions in the Bible. Anybody got a verse? Come on. What? Matthew 28, that's a good one. But let's go, uh, you know, another 4,000 years earlier, see if that'll help you. Anybody? John. John, that's, er, that's a little later. How about Genesis chapter 12? Now think about this. Here we have God promising Abraham... That he's going to be this great, from him is going to come this great nation. There is no nation of Israel, but he's promising him there's going to be a nation, right? It's him and Sarah who are barren and can't have children. And God says there's going to be this great nation. Well, right there, you start to see the understanding of some kind of missions starting to happen. God is going to have a people for himself. But as he goes down to verse 3, he tells them this. He says, and in you, in your seed, 
all of the families of the earth will be blessed. Now that's a promise that God was going to save people from all, from all the families of the earth. Now, when you think about this, that's actually not where missions started. Let's go back another chapter, Tower of Babel. Now, isn't it interesting, when you get to chapter 11 of Genesis, there are not nations. <laughs> so God takes the sinfulness of man, they're, they're trying to be gods themselves in a sense, and he strikes them and causes them to have many different languages and become different peoples, even though it was their sin whom he's not responsible for, he uses that to divide the nations so that he can have people from every tribe, tongue, and nation around him in the end. That is unbelievable, isn't it? <laughs> no, it is believable, because it's in the Bible. Now, you can go farther than that. The Bible teaches us that God is sovereign, that he knows all people before the foundations of the world, and he certainly knows his children. So missions even precedes our scriptures in that before the foundations of the world, God knew us and chose us. We believe that as a church. That's the doctrine of salvation, right? So when you start doing missions, what you're doing is you're going, God, I'm going to find the people. I'm going to share the gospel with the people you already promised to, to save. Now, let's go a little bit closer to home. Why aren't you sharing the gospel with people? He promised to save Ormond Beechers. Can you say that? Daytonians, Daytonians and Floridians and so forth. He's promised to save. So when we share the gospel, what we say is, God, I believe your promise. Now, you may not save the person I'm witnessing, but I don't know that. And so missions is the drive of the church because God promised to save people. And one of the things that gets me more fired up, as you can tell, is missions. I love missions. In fact, my role here at the church is not just the teaching pastor, um, but one of my roles that I oversee among uh, the many roles that the other elders oversee is missions. And I don't want to give it up because it drives me, it fuels me, because God promised to save the nations. And what a joy. Uh, we've been shut down and traveling for the last couple of years because of COVID, and um, I was like a caged lion. I want to get out and see our missionaries. I want to encourage them. I want to train. I want to help. Because I, I want to be there in heaven and look around and say, wow, there's my Filipino brothers. There's my Spanish brothers. Uh, there's my Arabic brothers. There, I want to look around and praise God with everything I have. And so missions is a drive, and it's a love that Gina and I have had for a long time. You know, many, I don't know if you all know, we started out as missionaries in a place called Nevada. <laughs> um, very rural and desperately in need of the gospel. And so we planted churches where there were no churches. So we've had this missionary drive since we were young and uh, started dating together and then into marriage and into our ministry. So we really do love missions, and this was a blessing. We went to three places um, on this trip. We went to Spain um, and then into Portugal, just dipped ourselves down into Portugal, my people. Um, and, and then after that, we flew into North Africa, and we'll share that at the end where we were there. Um, but it was a great trip, and we want to just share you some pictures. And I think they're the pictures I can explain more of what we did. And I have Gina here because I'll forget names and places that we're at. And, and she's just really pretty to have up here, too. So um, anyway, <laughs> she doesn't like this at all. <laughs> but um, let me start with the first picture. I put this picture up here because we flew British Airways, went to, from Orlando to London. But God in his providence always does things different than what Scott has plans, <laughs> right? I'm like, let's get there. We got things to do. Plane lands on time. We sit out the tarmac for over an hour. We can't get it docked. The whole group on the 777 missed their flights. 
So um, by God's providence, they put us up in a hotel, and we spent the first night in London. We were so exhausted, to tell you the truth, after the week we had before we left. Uh, we had seminary graduation. I was preaching all week. All the things that went on that week, we were so tired, and God knew we needed a break. So we ended up getting a hotel. They gave us a hotel, and we went and slept, and then we got up and had dinner, went and slept some more, and then got our flight the next morning, made our connection from Madrid to Santiago, and um, Ton and Karin and the family picked us up, and we went on to Lyon, never missed a speaking engagement, and we were arrested. So isn't that great? Uh, that's the only reason that plane's up there. I'm not pushing British Airways, um, although they were okay. Let's go next slide. So there's Ton and Karin. Um, Ton uh, is one of our missionaries uh, that we've supported. He's a good friend of mine and Brian's. Uh, he was trained at Cornerstone Seminary in Vallejo, uh, the seminary that Brian and I helped put together out there. And so uh, Ton is a dear, dear brother. This man is a blast to work with. He would, if he was here, he'd fit right into this church. Just from everything from soteriology to everything else. Just a great, great brother uh, to to um, serve with. His wife, Karn, is from Seattle. Uh, she went on a missions trip, on a singing trip, and they were singing in Spain, or some Christians were singing in Spain, and they got into some of the places where they could sing, and uh, they met, and two years later, they got married. So uh, you never know what will happen when you go on a missions trip. Um, and so uh, they were a blast. This is in his hometown. This is in Leon. Uh, so when we landed in Santiago, we landed in Madrid, then flew to the northwest corner of Spain, way up north. And it's just like Seattle and Oregon, very rainy and green and all that. We, we landed there, um, and um, they picked us up and took us to Leon, which was about four hours dead east of there. And, uh, and this, is, this is Tan's town. This is where he grew up. So he knows everybody there. He knows the streets like the back of his hand. Uh, it was really fun to, to walk around the streets with him. He, he was saved here. Um, he's, he served in ministry most of his life in Leon. Uh, but this is where he left to go to Santiago. We'll get to that in a minute. Next slide. It is um, one of the things that's really fascinating when you travel is that when you get to a Catholic country, there's a cathedral on every corner. And when you get in a Muslim country, there's a mosque on every corner. And when you come back to America, guess what's on every corner? Isn't that interesting? And sadly, there are many churches in our country that don't preach the gospel, don't preach this book, and they're just as empty as those things are. And it's, it's fascinating when you get with the people of the world, they just think you're Christian because you came from America. They, they have no idea what Christianity is. None. They don't understand the relationship with Jesus Christ. They have never heard the gospel. They don't believe the Bible. They don't have a Bible. And so there's, in, in especially this northwestern Spain, it is old Spain, old Catholicism. Um, a, a Roman Catholic, of the, the harsh end of those things. Um, but there is, a, there is a cathedral in every corner. And, this, and they are beautiful. And you just can imagine what, what they gave, people gave up to build these things. Um, when you get into Leon in this area, you realize it's very old. The Romans were here. And, um, and so underneath a lot of these cathedrals are Roman roads. Go to the next one. I don't know if I have that one there or not. Um, here's, yeah, this is, the, this is the main cathedral in Leon. Um, this is where Ton was raised. But he's, he's a historian. But, so look at the two towers on the left and right. Do you notice anything different about them? The architecture is completely different, isn't it? That's because one, it got started in the 9th century and ended in the 13th century. 
That's how long it took and the architectural designs changed over time. I mean, people lived and died why these, these synagogues of Satan were really built, to tell you the truth. They're just empty, hollow places where they gave their money and gave their lives for this to be built, but it's all based on the works. And they are absolutely beautiful. From, from an architectural design, you stand there in kind of an awe of this thing. You'll see a picture we'll draw back here in a little bit from this and see just how big it is. Next, next picture. Um, these are just structures that were there that came along through the centuries with it. Um, and that's the cathedral. It's a little more of a live shot there um, as we go. There's us. And they all have these town squares kind of right by them where they can all assemble them when they want to. Next. Now, underneath that is Roman ruins. This is first century. It's amazing. You go in there. You're not supposed to touch it, but you know me. I had to touch it. Because um, I had to say, uh, first century, this is pretty cool. Um, but this is first century. This is how old. You know, I think we come out here and, you know, you go out west. And out west, we were, you know, we were raised out there in 1860s. Are really, you know, our church, our first church was built in 1860. And we thought that was really early. Well, you get there, it's first century. That's how long Catholicism has had a grip on this area. And you think about this, brothers and sisters. We're talking generations after generations after generations of people who died without the gospel. you got to have a sovereign view of God. There's just no way you can do missions without a sovereign view of God when you start to think about this. That's how old this place is. Next slide. Um, this is just a video of us kind of walking around in there. Um, it's quite stunning to see how it's still together. It, there's a gate back in that hole. There's what, a gate to a city, and then this was a bathhouse on this side over here um, and it tells you all of the stuff in there next slide and then that's just gene and i in front of that great cathedral um, it was just an amazing building um, but very very sad this is typical spain spain was beautiful um, <laughs> gene has many times said this to me she goes scott when are you going to take me somewhere where people are not trying to kill us <laughs> so we were sitting i think in this courtyard and go all right, hon, I finally got you somewhere where nobody's trying to kill us. We're not in a jungle somewhere, uh, ready to die. Um, it was beautiful. Yes, <laughs> Gina really enjoyed this part of the trip. Uh, it was very nice. And if you've been in Europe and especially places like Spain, every cafe is outdoors and you stop and you have a coffee and a tapas. And, uh, you know, and it's just, it's quite something. And, um, but it is absolutely beautiful place, and uh, but very lost. Now this is a great picture: the, the gal in the back, in with her arm around that gentleman. That is David and Loida. Loida. David is the teaching pastor of the church in Leon, and he's also the president of the seminary. I've known David for a while. Brian knows David. Um, he is a great man. His wife's dad planted that church in Leon, I think, 50 years ago. He discipled David. He discipled Ton. He discipled these guys. And those two guys, he said, I've taken you as far as I can. I'm going to send you to America so you can get trained. He sent, he sent David to, to Master Seminary, and he sent Ton to ours. Um, and with the influence of C. Fernandez and Dr. MacArthur as well. Um, he knew that these men were the key to the next level of this church. Now, what's really fascinating about this is in these towns within Spain, um, the the, the headship of the town gives, constantly gives property to Catholic cathedrals. They just give it to them. And they build these cathedrals. Well, his dad, David's dad, father-in-law, 
went to the town, to the city commissioners or whoever they are, and said, you give all this away to these churches. We are a church. We want you to give us land. He never thought it would actually go through. And it went through, and they gave him a piece of property. And they actually gave him a piece of property downtown, and it's one of the most beautiful buildings you've ever seen um, there. And so this is a very precious couple. They have three girls all in high school. Uh, they're raising and um and yet david is just a great preacher uh we'll have him here eventually uh he's that ministry in leon has taken off in fact right after this he left after i preached at the church a couple times then he left and he flew down to the canary islands because they had trained three men that are back in canary islands trying to plant churches and he went down to encourage them he's got men all over the the latin world that they have trained out of this little seminary out of Leon. We had the best day sitting there just in the shade of their house enjoying. That's David again after I got done preaching. Um, just a sweet man that loves the Lord. Uh, just, I can't say enough about him. Now, um, this man is a very special man. He was my translator. And if you've ever preached or ever taught somewhere where you need a translator, they make him break you. Right? I'm looking at you too. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's such an important thing to have a good translator because you want to know what you're saying is what they're saying <laughs> you know you gotta have confidence like is he saying the same theology i'm saying well this is a precious man i just lost his name oh no i told you today brian what his name was um oh my goodness i'll think of it in a minute here's how they introduced him to me and this is really special to to me and i think to somebody in here um david came up to me he says this is who's going to be translating you he's my brian Sheely." and i said i love him already and uh, he is the academic dean of the seminary. Um, he is the kindest, sweetest man. He's just like our Brian. And uh, he, he translated. We had the best time preaching away, you know, because I get going a little bit. I think you know that. And, uh, you know, imagine translating me. Um, <laughs> the Spanish speakers are shaking their head back there. Um, uh, he was great, just right with me, you know, phrase after phrase, just going along. A lot of times you only can get through half your sermon. I went through a full sermon with him. That's how good he was, and we were rolling along and had just a great time together. And he is a real key to the seminary. And they're, now they've been running, I think, 17 years now. They have men all over the Spanish-speaking world that they've trained in that seminary. Um, this, this is such a key ministry in Spain. Next one. This is all of us together. That's David, myself, Ton, and I'll think of his name in a second. Oh, I can't believe I forgot it. I should have wrote some notes down. Um, this was um, this was men of the seminary and um, a night that they had me just come in and teach to these guys. It, it was some of the men of the church, some of them at the seminary. And what a special night this was of just training and teaching men. You know, I love that, men getting discipleship. <laughs> I don't want to tell you again. Um, it's such a key to the church. It's such a key to the church. And this is what God has blessed this ministry because... God has given them men that they've been able to train and they've been faithfully training men. Take a Bible class. Get into discipleship, guys. It changes everything. And listen, I want to talk to you a little bit about this. It changes, it, it changes the reach that God uses a church. Now, sir, our, on our ladies, you, you train very easily. We put a Bible study together, you all run to it. Men, we struggle at times. But when the men come along, the world gets reached. It's an amazing thing. And that's what this ministry has done. They have trained a lot of men, and now they have a, a, almost a worldwide presence in the Spanish-speaking world in this little town, in this little seminary that most people have never heard of. It's called Berea. And what a blessing uh, to be there with these guys. 
Now, you want to hear a small little story that just connects the church together? This is Mary, right? Yep, her name is Mary. I remember her name. Um, Gina's going, yeah, right. Um, yeah, it, we have it. She's from Ireland. Guess who we're connecting her with? Patty. <laughs> um, she's, she was in Leon training for something, got saved there at the church, got discipled at the church. She's gone back to Ireland for her family. Her family is in Ireland. And um, she said, I cannot find a church. <laughs> I just smiled. She goes, what are you smiling at? I have a church for you. She goes, how do you have a church? I go, we have a missionary there. <laughs> and so we're going to connect. I was just talking to Josh tonight, today, and Josh is going to help me get her connected. And uh, she's just as sweet as can be. And she's, a, she's from I- raised in uh, Britain, in Ireland, went to Lyon to get trained for something, got saved, and now back in Ireland, and, we, and one of our missionaries will connect with her. Now, now if that isn't the providence of God, I, I don't know what else. What else do you got there? Um, now, this, these are important pictures, these next set. Um, notice the people with backpacks on. We are now in downtown Santiago, and we're headed our way towards a giant cathedral. It's called the St. James Cathedral. Now, some of you may have heard of this. It's called the St. James Road. Now, they believe St. James was buried here. The evidence is thin. Um, They have a statue of him, and he has some shells on him. So now everything about St. James uh, Road is full of shells. and, And there are trails from all over Spain that you can walk and you can hike all the way to St. James Cathedral. Now, there's no camping in Spain. It's illegal to put a tent up. That's because they have bed and breakfasts everywhere, and it's become this, the the Catholic movement has produced this incredibly financially lucrative business of all these bed and breakfasts and bars and cafes and all the stuff along the St. James Trail. So, People walk, some may walk a month, Same, some we saw people pull up in taxis, get a brand new backpack up and walk up the hill to the cathedral. However they get there, they go through a gate. Give me another picture here. Oh, um, I'm going to come back to this. Remember this picture. Those people are in flames up there. I'm going to come back to uh, another picture. And they're walking their way towards a cathedral, and this is a little bit of the trail that they're on. It's kind of working its way through a town. Next one. There's St. James Cathedral. Now, those gates down in the bottom right-hand corner, um, if you go through those gates and you say that you've walked the St. James Trail, guess what's behind those gates? There's a priest. And for a little bit of money, he'll absolve your sins with a piece of paper. There are people from all over the world walking this trail. And they, it, the, you, we're going to show you a video. They're singing. And I, and I told Tom, no wonder they're singing. This is the greatest religion in the world. <laughs> you walk a trail and then you get your sins forgiven. Um, it, it, it is just, it, it is, it, it's very sad. Though they're all happy. We're there going, oh my goodness, what, what a lost group of people and how damaging uh, the Roman Catholic Church has done to, to propagate this stuff. And so, uh, we're in this, we're seeing a square here. I think you saw, I saw a video. Okay, I was in this square where I saw that video a couple Sundays ago. And, and this is just constant. There's just hundreds and thousands of people constantly rolling in there to get their sins um, absolved from this priest inside that gate right there. Uh, that's a monastery across there, and this is a public building here, a uh, uh, government building. Um, can you turn this up a little bit? Don't ask me, I don't know. 
They're going to get their sins forgiven. They're super excited. This is just all day long, every day, this is what they do. And they come in from all over. Now, I, we drove all over this area. Um, outside of Ton's church, we never, and Ton said, look, I've been here now since September. I have not found a Bible teaching church. We, we, there were two very charismatic churches that are in there, but there is not a Bible church anywhere. The closest real one is down 50 miles below, and I'll show you some pictures of that in a minute. And that's another man that was trained at Leon. So this, you want to talk about going in a place that is just lost as can be with no believers in it. Santiago, the northern part of Spain, is it. Now, one of the things that happens, Tan says, it's a little frustrating, is groups, other Christian groups, they'll come in, they'll witness on the James Trail, share the gospel with people, but then they just leave. And so people may hear the gospel, may get a track or something, but there is no churches to send them to. So they're developing tracks to give to these Christians who come along to say, if you're going to share the gospel with them, at least give them our church so that they'll come and come to the church where they will actually hear the gospel. Um, keep going. We're going to come back to a picture inside of that one. This is Hona and his wife. We're trying to remember all the names. We've been to several countries. We forgot all this. So Hona's in the middle there. Hona is the pastor of a church in... Miriam. Miriam, that's her name. And where's this, where's this down below? It's about 50 miles. Ponte Vedra. Ponte Vedra. So Hona was trained at Lyon too. He's been in Ponte Vedra about, I think he said five, five to seven years. They have an actual church there. It's probably 60 people. And he's been to our church here. He's been to our church. He came yes. with Ton last time he was here. Um, he is a greatest preacher and pastor. Uh, what a godly man. And they have a church plant. So now Ton has a sister church plant. It's, they're 50 miles away, and there is not a Bible teaching church between them. So, but they have two, and, and there's more coming here. Let's go to another slide. So this was an afternoon where I spent the better part of an afternoon just working with this man. That's Ton to my left there where I'm sitting, and then that's Hona there. That's one of his elders. His son was getting married the next day. They were doing the wedding rehearsal in there when we came in. But he, didn't, he was there for this meeting. He was there. I preached that night. He never left. Um, very godly man. Um, the, the next man over, I'm going to show you another slide in a few minutes because I want to tell you a story about him. And then these two guys are elders in churches that are down another hour below uh, where, where Hone is. So there's a possibility of four to five churches because they're working with the other elders, trying to bring those two churches around uh, theologically. Um, and, but they are dear friends. They're the only believing pastors within hundreds of miles that really teach the word of God. So what a joy to sit with them. I had the best time with it. That's, I mean, that's why I think I have the most happiest times of being with pastors and answering questions, talking about their struggles, what, what's going on in the church. They're the same things we go through. They battle disunity and complaining and, and, and people not wanting to be discipled and same thing. So we, we talked about how, how to attack these things, what the Bible has to say about this, and just, just answering their questions, talking about personal life and the struggles of being in the ministry and uh, constantly of giving up the things you think you need to do to do other things. And um, it was just a sweet, sweet time. I loved this meeting. I had the best time. We had to end because I had to preach and everybody was coming in. But uh, we just had, we just probably spent two hours together just digging in the word, talking about ministry. And uh, listen, church family, 
these are our people, man. These people love the Lord. They are theologically right down the line, and they're in another country. And, and if they came, they would fit right in here. This is how closely we love these dear brothers. Um, that night I preached. Ton was a very good... Go back to that. Uh, hold on a second. Before you show me. I don't hate... Um, Ton, Ton has not translated a ton, so he'd been practicing. And I would say he got it down. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's marrying me, and uh, he got going with me. We preached several times together, and uh, he was rolling along, but that was a fun evening, and their whole church, this was, a, this was on a Friday night, their entire church came out uh, to, to be with us that Friday night with a wedding the next day, and then the Sunday, this church drove up 50 miles to go to the Santiago church where Ton is so they could be together um, again, so it was a really sweet time. Um, go ahead, you can hear me teaching. And us that there were people from every tribe and nation that will assemble around the throne of God. I'm going to use the word Floridians, and he's going to try to figure out how to translate that. And here we have Spaniards and Floridians. You know me, I make up words, but when you're trying to translate me, it's not easy. So uh, uh, anyway, he did a great job. Next slide. Sound familiar? Are you Spanish speakers can enjoy this. And even though, you know, we can read and sing along with them, we know these songs are the same things we sing. And because they're Christ-centered, we sing Christ-centered music. That's the goal. And so when you find these ministries around the world, they're doing the same thing. It's not that it's coming from America. It's because it's the doctrine that's in what we sing. And so we really enjoy that time singing with them. They're very precious. Where this church is in Ponte Verde is very, uh, pretty liberal. And so there were still mass mandates there. It was the only place we were at, but they, they complied and they've actually been open for a long, long time. We can go to the next slide there. This is the outside um, of the church. Um, it was the only church that we've seen the whole time in Spain outside of Leon um, where we found a Christian true evangelical church. Um, I know they're there, and especially down in the south, down in Madrid and stuff, but this is way up north. There's just not churches there. there I kept saying, Tom, are we missing something? He goes, Scott, I have been over every inch of the northwest. You, they are not here. They're just not Bible teaching churches here. So it's great to be in a new place like that. It's still old in a lot of ways. This is a public washing place, and so she's washed, there's an old woman washing her clothes right there. Um, still old Spain in this area. Um, but it's absolutely beautiful. Um, this is just a river. We went down there and kids swam around a little bit. Um, but it's just an absolutely gorgeous place. This is Ton and his five boys. Think they had a lot of they questions us. for us? <laughs> <laughs> I think Gina and Karin just had the best time talking about raising boys. And uh, so we really had a good time with them. They're, I think they're age 11 through or 12 through 13 through 5 or something like that. This is uh, Ton's church. This is in... Santiago, um, and this is Sunday morning, um, and I'm teaching away, and Ton's back uh, translating for me. Next slide. They're very good musicians. They're, they're outstanding musicians, and uh, so half of this is Ton's church, and the other half is the church that came, drove up from uh, Ponte Verde, but their music is just excellent. They're great musicians. 
Now, this family I want to talk to you about. This is Danny holding the little, his little daughter there. Um, in 2019, I was standing in his pulpit, and I told you that this man's wife died. Um, he was at Shepherd's Conference. Some of you may remember this. He was at Shepherd's Conference, and his wife died while he was at Shepherd's Conference. And they were trying to get him home, and COVID was beginning, and he had all, he, he, he didn't make, well, she was dying, and she, he tried to get there and didn't make it. And she died, and they have been on the mission field for a long time. He's trained at Masters. Um, Danny is a precious soul. Um, young family that was in 2019, so 2020, so three years ago. Uh, he was pastoring a church down in Madrid, um, had a very successful ministry, was going. Um, but the Lord, in his providence, took his wife home. In a time where you just wouldn't think that would be something you would have want the Lord to do in any way. But this man has uh, moved his family. He moved up to um, Ponte Verde and Santiago, and he is there to support Tan and Hona in discipleship. And he has poured his life into these two churches. He's a teaching pastor. He's a senior pastor type of guy. Very knowledgeable, well-trained. But he says, without a wife, I'm raising, these are my first ministry. So he's raising his children who are phenomenal young, young people. We had the best time with them, especially the older two. Um, and uh, his goal is to serve, serve the church. And um, we had some real sweet times of weeping together. I mean, it's three years ago, and it's right there as we talked, and kind of him and I got some few minutes at different times together just to kind of pray and talk how he's doing. But what a precious man. Um, a guy you just want to just take and say, come, come with me. I want to help you in any way I can. Such a godly man. His, his uh, family is doing great. Uh, the two older are in high school, and um, they, they were great. I was stuck talking to somebody and I didn't have a I didn't have anybody near me and I called Mario 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 his oldest son there on the left over and he stepped right in and translated for me and and just just the sweetest uh, family um, but you can imagine the heartache of him of what he's gone through uh, his name's Danny pray for him I have some of his mission cards if you're interested in it um, he's on support but he he works part-time. He's doing everything he can to make ends meet so he can help those two churches. Um, Ton said, we can't do what we do without him. He, he is such a vital part because these are baby churches without a lot of elders yet. Hona has one elder. Uh, Ton has none yet. So this guy has really come in. So he's a really precious soul. Really enjoyed him. Uh, this is, that's Hona on the left there and, and Ton after church um, there. This is Gina translating for me. It's, because she's, Gina does really well over there, a lot better than I do. Um, and so just a guy wanting to talk. Now, you Portuguese, or Porcachesas out there, this is our homeland. Um, well, let's hang it right there for a second. Um, we got our wires crossed up a little bit in some of the emails and translations. I, I should have went, we should have went to North Africa first and then ended up there because they wanted me to do their graduation and that kind of threw off a, an opportunity to meet. There's nine pastors going into um, Portugal. They're all Portuguese. They're born and raised in Portugal. They came to the seminary. Three of them have graduated. Three graduated this last Saturday. And three more are in their second year. Um, and so the goal is the church in Leon and the seminary are going to plant these churches in Portugal, which is, again, very, very dry when it comes to the gospel, especially the northern part of Portugal. So I asked Ton, uh, because we couldn't get the meeting together, um, I said, we just drive me down to my homeland. 
<laughs> uh, my grandfather came from the Azores, and his family came from Portugal originally. So I said, I just want to go see my people. And, uh, and so we went, and we went there, and we had a great day, and we prayed for Portugal, and we prayed for those men. And I'm, gonna, I'm staying in contact with David. David asked me, he said, will you help us? Because we're, this is going to be a brand new go into this area with these nine guys and see what the Lord will do. And I said, we'll help you. We'll, 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 we'll stand with you. So, so these are in Portugal here. Um, it was a beautiful country. That's Gina and I. Um, you know, just typical European down these small streets with flowers hanging off the rails and little cafes. And, um, and so we were, we were looking to you at Florida uh, across the pond there and, and praying for you that day. And so... Now, this is back in Santiago, and this is a home, this is a community group. Uh, this, is a, this is a very small church. They've just got going, um, and they switched the night because I couldn't, we had something else go, and I had to teach, to, to have me teach. They wanted me to teach on this night, so, so they didn't have everybody there. But this is basically the core of their church that came, and it's just a home group. And Ton played some music, and they prayed together, and, and I taught that night and just had a sweet fellowship together uh what a what a neat group of people that was uh we just enjoyed doing the same thing we do home groups small groups bfgs that you know there's just people who love the word get together next slide now remember that one cathedral that i showed you with the burning people in the fire this cathedral or whatever it is is only a cathedral to go in and pray for people in purgatory and it is one of the most saddest places we were in there. There was people sitting there, and some were weeping, and, you know, and we just walked in and took some pictures. And, of course, um, Mariology is just everywhere, and it just breaks your heart, you know, because here's these people trying to do something for the dead. You know, you want to just go, you can't help them. <laughs> you better believe in Jesus, you know, and, and it's, it just was, and they're so absolutely beautiful. There's so much money dumped in. There's these poor people. Over to our right, you, well, up there, you can kind of see up close there, there's some candles that are lit. They're not real candles anymore because for a euro, you can drop it in there and two electric lights start. But if you drop more than one euro, you get more lights. So more prayers go up for you and they don't even have to light them anymore. You just put a euro in there. There was also, there was also one of the cathedrals that there was places where you could deposit. This is back in Lyon. It was for the souls of the animals. And uh, you could give money for the souls of your animals. And so it's just, it's a religion based on works, and it's just sad. It just breaks your heart. But here we got these guys being trained, these churches being planted. Men and women, brothers and sisters are starting to get saved, and they're coming together. Um, oh, this is a little bit out of order. This is back in Lyon. I don't know why this is. This is preaching to a bunch of men that some of them are in the seminary, some of them are in the church. I preached that night. Next slide. Um, Santiago is like the, the northwestern corner of America, so it rains quite a bit. Um, so we were, we were walking around out in the rain. <laughs> um, this was after church. Uh, these are four core families that committed to start the church with Ton. This is at Ton's house um, and Karn's house. And we had a, a little barbecue together. And uh, this was just us sitting in the back just talking about What's it take? What's the sacrifices of these families that they need to give up to really serve the Lord and to get this church going? You know, you know, many of you come to a church like this and you come, but somebody at some time put a lot of effort, a lot of early families put a lot of effort into getting things going. You do everything. You, 
you clean toilets and teach the children and set up chairs and do all those things. Well, that's what this group is. This is the early group into the start of this church that Tom's doing. And they're very precious people. We had the best time with them. Uh, they love the Lord. They love the Word of God. And they love to hear it taught. And they love to teach it. This was the final picture of us in Spain. We flew out the next morning. That's Santiago down behind us. Um, this is uh, Tan and Karn and their children. And it's up on a hill. We just stood there and we prayed that God would use it. It's a massive city. I, it's, the picture didn't show it. It's just a massive city. And there's, they are the only Bible teaching church in the whole city. So we prayed and we begged God to save souls and to use Tan and their family and that church plant to rescue people.